What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Yield Today's episode number 64. We're just talking about three games that have taught me a lot about life and what they've taught me. So we're talking about Settlers of Catan, Clue, and Pokemon in that order. So hope you enjoy the episode. As always, definitely follow for more episodes. Having a lot of fun with podcasting still. I did two interviews this morning. Just been a great time, and there's definitely be a lot more good stuff coming. So definitely hit that follow button, or if you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, or whatever suits your fancy. Definitely appreciate your help with that. So Settlers of Catan, I remember somebody in my family getting it, and it was just the original Settlers of Catan. And they're like, hey, let's play this game. And I wasn't like super big fan of strategy board games, but I was like, you know what? I'll give it a try. And interesting thing about Sellers of Catan is it's all about dice rolls. You set up the board by putting all these little pieces down and they all have a different number on them. And when that number gets rolled, you get that resource. Or if it's sand, you get nothing. (laughs) And if it's gold, you get whatever you want. It's a really inventive, fun game. The very first time I played it, Again, it was with the old school version, the first version. Interestingly enough, the game came out in 96 or 95, and it came to the U.S. in 96. So, and I played in like 2006 or something like that or later. So it's just amazing to me how it didn't really catch fire for a while that I know of. And now it's like super on fire. Apparently it was recently sold. The company that made it was sold for like a billion dollars, which is ridiculous. <laughs> or at least they were talking about it. I don't know about if it actually happened, but it definitely is worth that. I think of how much people are playing this game and everything like that. With my very first Settlers of Catan game, I remember five. I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna bank on five. Five, I think, had a three out of six chance of getting rolled. So like, not like a 50-50, but on the space, if I had six dots, I was like, this is more likely you'll be rolled. Because you're rolling two dice, so like four and two, you can get six. One and five, you can get six, etc. And 12, you obviously won't get very much. Two, you'll only get one and one. So there's just not a very good chance of getting those. But I remember I chose five, and weirdly enough, five got rolled like gangbusters in that game. And I had ore, and I, I was the only man that had ore, and everybody had to get ore from me. So all of a, hu- a sudden, I had this monopoly. Somebody's like, hey, I'll trade you one lumber for ore. I was like, ah, uh, ore's going to cost you a little bit more than that. So like, two lumber for ore? I was like, yeah. It's like, how about two lumber and one brick? You know, depending on their how much they need it. It's like, okay, so I can build a road and I get lumber. That sounds good for one ore, you know? And so I didn't actually win that game. I got in second place, but... That game taught me a little bit about the Monopoly effect. Like, there is no way you can build a city in Settlers of Catan without ore. And so everybody had their settlements like, all right, well, I want to build a uh, city now. Oh, wait, Dallin's the only one that has ore. I was like the only one. And I was getting it like all the time. And the cool thing about Settlers of Catan is like you can put like different cities and get around the same, the same resource. You can just get a bunch of it. There's just a lot of deep strategy in this game, and honestly, it's an expensive game. I've played the sheep, the sheep fairs version, ship fairs version, like sheep is crazy. It's interesting because every single game, there is something that is a scarcity 
thing. So like there's some games where sheep is that ore and it's like everybody needs sheep because you need sheep to make settlements. You need sheep to upgrade your knights. You need sheep for all this stuff. And whoever has sheep is going to be doing very pretty that game. And it just changes. I remember one time like rain was that thing or and there's been other times ore has been in abundance. So it's basically like sand. It's not, not that valuable. And it just kind of made me think just now like every single day we have something we are lacking and there's something we have a scarcity of. And there are other people around the world and that we'll meet every day that have that thing, whether it's hope or perspective on a business idea or ideas for podcasts or help with econ homework for me or scriptures or anything like that. They have that. And so it's important that you are talking to people and also that you're in a position that you can you can communicate with other people. If you shut yourself out, you're not going to be able to talk to anybody unless you're just doing Zoom calls all day, which is fine. But it really helps if you just reach outside of yourself. Today, I got to talk with a really wonderful couple, Emily and Ethan. Just shared a little scripture with them from Ecclesiastes 3 about how to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. And, you know, we can just learn from everything we're going through and you know, we might be wanting something to happen, but it just might not be happening. And that's okay. It means you could be just preparing and trying to figure something out. And all that preparation will help you. You can't just go to harvesting. You have to, you have to plant the seed and nourish it. And I talked about this in my podcast interview I did earlier today. Like you got to build it. You got to work on it. You got to You got to have those private victories before you have the public victories. It was really good talking with Emily and Ethan. They're just really awesome. (laughs) So I'm really glad that they talked to me. But they had something that I needed that day. And that was somebody to talk to that was willing to listen. And I've had that a couple times already that day. But they're really willing to like deeply listen and just share some thoughts. And it was just really awesome to talk with them. And I think that's such a valuable resource you can have your set on your settlers of Catan board of life is a listening thing and just constantly be listening to people. Cause that always pays off a ton that there's nothing that can help more than having somebody that like is empathetic and listens to what you're going through and, and wants to help you out. Yeah. We've all had different experiences and so we can help out other people with our experiences and help them get to where they want to be. Maybe somebody is trying to start a business or they're trying to start a podcast or something like that. And you've already done that. So you can help them with that and make their road just a little bit less rocky and less difficult. Yeah. I think Settlers of Catan teaches a lot of things like mercy and just destruction. And you can put robbers on people's spaces to make them lose resources. So that stinks. It just makes you think on your feet. You have to try out other things. And there's also a ton of luck involved. And you also have to be planning everything out. But overall, I think it just helps that you are working on your resources, mining from your own well and trying to figure stuff out. So you have something you can share with other people that is a value that is useful to them. Because back in the day, man, people didn't really use money. People used a lot of barter. I know they talked about that in like a schoolhouse rock song. Basically, the idea is like, I give you two rocks and you give me a wheel or Whatever the case may be, there's a lot of bartering, and there's still some of that going on today, not so much. Anyway, those are just some of my quick thoughts about strategy and settlers of Catan and thoughts on it and how it relates to life. Number two is Clue. 
Clue is an interesting one. I didn't really get into it as much as Settlers of Catan, but there's something fascinating to me, a fascinating thing to me about Clue. When you start a Clue game, you're trying to find out who murdered the person. You start out in this giant house. You start out on different spots of the house. Everybody gets a couple cards and basically an information card that they can mark off different things when they're like, oh, so it wasn't with the baseball bat. You exit out. With Clue, you're constantly trying out different things and slowly you narrow it down. So maybe you think it's in the living room. So you're like, I think it was Colonel Mustard in the living room with the spatula. I don't think spatula is one of the items, but we're just going to use it anyway. And then somebody's like, no, I can prove you wrong. They don't say how they can prove you wrong, but they kind of turn this to this private thing and they're like, look at this card. And you're like, oh, snap. Okay, thanks. And then you go back to it. But if you never share your cards, if you never try to find out who the murderer is, you obviously can't win. There's somebody like my brother James that is marking their card and is using all these crazy algorithms and math stuff to figure it out. It's like, okay, so if it's not any of these and this one hasn't been said, then it's probably this. And it can get it can get pretty insane, pretty crazy. But I think this is just very valuable. You can think about it in terms of finding out about yourself or a best job for yourself. You know, you try out different things first. I've been doing a lot of informational interviews for my Marketing 100 class this semester. It's helped me figure out, okay, this is what email marketing's like. This is what building a brand is like. I actually caught, got to talk to Nam Giot. Oh, I probably pronounced his last name wrong, but he's such a cool guy. He was on Shark Tank recently, and we just talked about a little bit about his journey, and it was super insightful for me, like, because I want to be on Shark Tank some days. So it was like, holy cow, this is some amazing stuff, and he has he has some perspectives on things, so it's like, okay, you know, I like that. I like the idea of working wherever I am. I like the idea of coming up with my own stuff, but, you know, doing it in... I'm just guess. I'm just throwing out stuff, but doing it like over Amazon. No, let's not do that. I don't really want to have an Amazon business, you know? So you, you slowly narrow it down. I think that's just super valuable. And with clue as well, you can team up and everything against people. And the same thing with clue, different clues have different value. There's only 13 weapons. I think in clue or 27 or something. I think there's 13 rooms, 27 weapons, but basically like, as the game progresses, different clues are going to be more valuable than others. So like, if you've narrowed it down to three weapons and somebody has one of the weapons card, you don't know what weapon it is, you're going to try to figure that out. You're going to want to figure that out. And they're probably going to value that card a lot. It's all about playing the game, continuously learning, and trying to make the most of, of everything. But yeah, basically with Clue, you're using a lot of logic. You're using your ability to deduct and to plan out things there's also some positioning involved in the board so you can like go into the rooms you want to go into mostly it's about getting clues trying to figure stuff out and falling flat on your face when you get things wrong and eventually you'll figure it out somebody's going to figure it out eventually and so it's important that while others are figuring out the game, that you're also sticking with them and helping them out too. It's just like with any kind of networking. I mean, I have a friend who recently got a marketing job, a pretty solid company, 
And now I like have somebody that I can talk to, even though we were, we were students together like a year and a half ago. I have somebody I can talk with about marketing and these different aspects of marketing on a professional level. And so it's important that we keep in touch with each other and share little bits of information again, to solve that clue puzzle. I think in some ways that clue puzzle is continuously evolving. Maybe it's like where to go to college, where to start a business, all these other questions, I guess you could start a quote unquote clue game. And maybe there's a business idea in there. Maybe, maybe somebody should make it hint, hint (laughs) might be kind of cool. And it's just fascinating to me how these games teach you about these things. And if you haven't really been exposed to these concepts a lot, then it can really be a mind-blowing revelation. And that's definitely been the case for me. Let's jump into Pokemon. So with Pokemon, it's interesting because with every Pokemon generation, I'm a big Pokemon guy. So I, if you ask me one of the Pokemon, I probably have heard of it. I haven't really played Sword and Shield at all. I don't have those, but I've played all the way up to Ultra Sun which was the seventh generation. Now they're on the eighth generation. But I've been playing Pokemon for a long time. I got into it. One of my cousins had Blue, and I had Crystal. And so I just got to talk with him a lot about it. And it's been a lot of fun playing it. But just like anything, you have to be careful how much time you put into it. But I always try to learn a lot of stuff and just kind of pay attention with my Pokemon players, especially especially lately. I try to think about um, everything going on. It's kind of weird, but it's fun. So with Pokemon, it is the same exact thing. You are not going to learn anything if your Pokemon are not battling other Pokemon and getting experience. It's easy to think that your team is super good until you play against somebody whose team is more balanced has better strategies overall, and can clean yours on most days of the week. And that can be a very humbling revelation. You could think your team is really immune to everything, and then you find out, oh, wait, three of my Pokemon are super weak to ground-type moves. And all of a sudden, you're going to have to switch things around, and your team is always going to be weak to ground-types. And there's always different ways to... There's always things you can change around. You can relate this to your life, obviously. If... You are constant, like you could have some part of your life that is a giant weakness. And if you never change anything up, you're going to have that as a weakness for a really long time. So it's important that you keep trying out different things, keep, keep showing up, obviously, because you're not going to learn like anything about your mindset, about your overall trajectory, where you're headed. Yeah, so there's there's so many ways we could we could go into this. I mean, there's there's the Pokemon Battle Simulator. It's called Showdown, and you can basically make a team battle against other people's teams, and you can find out like how good the team is without even having to make the team in game, which could take a lot of time, especially if you want to get special moves and whatnot. And the same thing is with today. I mean, you can start a business. You can. You can try a lot of these different things without really spending any money, really just time. I mean, there's some things you could spend a tiny bit of money to get the ball rolling, but really you don't need to spend much money at all to have a really valuable test and get those valuable results back from the test. The last thing I wanted to share with Pokemon is how everybody starts in a different town and everybody is exposed to different people from the beginning. So there are 
you know, whenever you play a Pokemon game, you start out in this basic starting town. But you have to keep in mind that there are people in all these other towns that are also getting their Pokemon adventures started out in their towns. You have to kind of assume. And with all those towns, they have different people in them. There's gym leaders that all have different thoughts on life, all different perspectives. And maybe I'm going too deep into this. But the same thing is with me. Like I was born in Maryland. I live I moved to North Carolina when I was about 10 years old, and all of the people that I met during that time is a lot of my network still today. And you know, recently I was talking with a friend and found out that he knows this person, and I was like, "Shoot, you grew up with that guy? You know that guy?" It's like, "I'd like to know that guy." And the only way I can get in touch with him is if I do a cold email, which may or may not work. Honestly, it might be good. Or I can use my friend to kind of give me a back door when I need to, when I want to talk to that guy and I have like an offer or something that can help him out. But even if you're starting in like a town that is not that great in life or in Pokemon, there's always the journey. There's every step that's ahead of you. And that is where you're going to learn everything you need to learn. You're not going to learn everything at home. I've learned, I learned a good amount at home, spiritual, physical, mental, habit wise, but I really have learned the most of everything I've learned in my life ever since I left home. And ever since I went on my mission trip, since I got to college, started working jobs, that's where I've gotten the bulk of my learning. And so it's really about what you do after you get into that starting town. So again, to wrap all it all up, with Settlers of Catan, I learned a ton about deep strategy, planning things out in advance, and learning to network with other people. And in Clue, I learned about networking with other people, deduction, and getting as many clues as you can to help you make those wise decisions. And for Pokemon, I learned about more deep strategy, teamwork, and basically making the most of where you start out. Another quick thing of Pokemon, very clever thing that the Pokemon company did. With every Pokemon game, there are some Pokemon you can only get in a specific version, so you have to work with other people to get all of them. I think that's the case with life, too. There are some people that have different resources and they have ideas and thoughts that is more or less exclusive to them. And for me to learn and grow and do that thing that they're doing... I need to kind of hear it from them. And I mean, you can start it on your own or try to go on a journey to find it yourself. But it usually works out better if you learn from the horse's mouth, so to speak. So I hope that this episode was beneficial and just helping you rethink some of these games and what they're teaching us, relating it to life, how we can help out more people, serve more people, and also be able to help out ourselves because if we're exposing ourselves to these games that help our brains get in this mindset, it can be really beneficial. Also, just really nice to do something besides take exams or struggle at work or whatever struggle you're going through right now. It helps to have these other mini journeys you're going on. Obviously, none of them are more important than the journey of becoming your best self in your life today. But I believe that going on these little mini journeys, whether it's starting a business, playing some video games, it can be really beneficial with improving your decision making and how you ultimately approach and go forward with the whole experience. 
So that's the episode. Thank you so much for listening and hope it was beneficial. Don't forget to yield today and it will be a better tomorrow. Oh, you're still listening. Well, if you're still listening, I thought I would share one little quick thing here at the end. So some of you may know that I started my first YouTube channel when I was about 16 years old with some friends. We played some video games, playing a lot of Mario Kart, Smash Bros., and Mario Party, and it was a ton of fun just doing something besides school, working on something, watching it grow, and being able to make a difference and help people out. That YouTube channel was originally called Tanuki Toad 64, and so when I saw that this is the 64th episode, I was super excited and knew I needed to talk about that, even though it is not the focal point, the focus of this episode. I had to bring that up. Doing that YouTube channel taught me immeasurable like just taught me so much and there's one guy who found our channel back in like 2013 that i'm still in touch with and it's bizarre it's nuts but it's so stinking cool and starting that youtube channel definitely helped get a lot of other balls rolling in my life helping me get out of my shell meet more people and i can make a whole episode easily about my experience running that gaming channel but yeah that channel is technically done i'm trying to finish it up really well give it a great ending and kind of make the way for more of this more self-development content like the podcast and kind of focus more on that coming up next year so yeah just uh i feel extremely blessed that you're listening to the show hope it is helpful definitely review it on apple podcasts follow it on yield today with dallin podcast on instagram And yeah, just thank you so much. And I appreciate you. So hope this was helpful for your overall journey. And if it was, that's awesome. Keep smiling. Don't forget to yell today and it'll be a better tomorrow.